you know, I've been excited about demo because it's it's a very different space. It's a space that really uh, speaks to me in a way. You know, thinking about my own memory with with places and and different kind of like house like spaces. I lived in nine or ten different houses before I was in high school. So I have this very kind of like shifting memory of of floor plans and and house elements and and that kind of you know falls in through my work kind of piecing those elements together. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 157th episode, I'm joined by Grant Benoit. I would recommend checking out his website, of course, before the interview. Go to grantbenoit.com, and again, you can find that link right there in this post. He is a multimedia artist that incorporates ceramics as well as printmaking in site-specific installations and other pieces. And we'll be talking about his solo exhibition, which opens this Friday, January 15th at Demo Projects. And the opening is at 6 p.m., the exhibition entitled Were We Even Here? And I will note that Grant was selected as part of our 2015 competition in the MFA category. Demo Projects gave him the solo exhibition, and our juror for the competition selecting all the artists was Julia Friedman of Exchange Works. There'll be more information as the deadline approaches for that, so please check that out. Of course, if you're new to Studio Break, we want to let you know we are a podcast and blog site. We feature a variety of different artists. They come on and I interview them about their studio practice. Again, there'll be other interviews that you can check out on studiobreak.com. Again, each of our posts have images of the artist's work, links to their website so you can find out more information. We've got a healthy archive, so please check that out on the left sidebar and just scroll back and use the default player. Otherwise, you can follow the hyperlink to the iTunes store, subscribe to the podcast, and check out the episodes that way. So please do that. You can find us in a variety of different social media formats, so Please follow our Tumblr account, that's studio-break.tumblr. You can like our Facebook page and get updates there, so please do that as well. And, of course, send all your great tweets to at Studio Break. And with that out of the way, here is our interview with Grant. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break. Grant Benoit, how are you this morning? I'm well. How are you? Excellent. And I guess just to, to make sure that everybody's clear, where where are you currently uh, residing, uh, talking to us from? I am in Natchez, Mississippi. Um, it is, if we think about the state of Mississippi, uh, there's a chin part to it, and I'm right at the chin. <laughs> so if we think about Mississippi as a head, I'm in the chin of Mississippi. That's got to be an excellent... Um explanation you can give to everyone you know like on the street or (laughs) it's by the chin (laughs) i do a lot yeah it's because it's not a terribly large um city although we do get uh, a lot of tourism through it's one of the the oldest settlements um east of the mississippi and has a lot of great history and houses and, and like that so we do get a good bit of tourism um, coming in, you're always kind of surprised that you get people coming in from Europe and, and they're coming to see the old houses when they have 
castles in their backyard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess just to kind of make sure that everyone is filled in, uh, Grant was our MFA competition winner for way back in 2015. We had this uh, studio break competition. So again, it's exciting to uh, finally have you on. Of course, you have an exhibition coming up at Demo Project. And, and so, uh, of course, we'll be talking about that work uh, later on in the interview. But as I was explaining to you earlier, I kind of always uh, want want the backstory for someone when I start talking to them. So, um, where are you actually from? Are you from that area? Is that where you were or hatched, if you will? <laughs> no, I was actually um, hatched uh, <laughs> in South Louisiana and in Lafayette, and grew up there. Um, I didn't move to Natchez until I was in high school. It's two very different places um natchez is very old south and maybe a little waspy um and then south louisiana is you know completely different uh background very french cajun um that's mostly of my relatives and background uh so it is a you know you go from uh you know Piros and and kind of shotgun houses to to Natchez where it's you know garden clubs and mm-hmm. and uh, just a very different uh, southern identity I guess and I I guess just because it's a it's a novel question to always ask about but in terms of art production <laughs> as a, as a youngster I mean was 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 uh, drawing um, something that was interesting did you have uh, stuff that you built. I don't know, little models, who knows, uh, any, anything like that that you were interested in at a young age? Yeah, I, my parents were both musicians, so I grew up always being encouraged to do art and, and different artistic like formats. Um, and, and I definitely was, both with drawing and, and building little things, always inclined with that way. Uh, my mom is a weaver, and so there was always bits of cloth and and fabric and yarn um as a child i would make these string friends which were just basically bundles of string that were kind of bundled and knotted and i guess i was i wasn't a a weird kid per se but i i was maybe a little bit more shy Mm -hmm. as a child and uh (laughs) i was not i guess inclined to uh be as friendly like on the playground with other kids and so my mom had gotten a phone call from the school saying, oh, you know, we're glad that Grant's making friends in the neighborhood <laughs> and and like that. And and my mom's just completely, like, surprised. She's like, well, who's he making friends with? Uh, and it turned out that I was talking about my string friends a lot. So, I, you know, I was always <laughs> building these, you know, string friends or puppets or, or draw. I used to make a lot of, as many kids do, these storybooks and and so always that kind of that act of making or, or kind of trying to bring something more to life, I guess, has always been kind of part of my childhood, you know, memories. Yeah. And it's it's always interesting, too, because there's it seems like there's always kind of like an age where you find like that you're channeling your time into that, you know, <laughs> even if it's just like, um, um, you know, dealing with uh, muscle hero physiques and capes and stuff. I don't know. There's, there's always like something, it seems like people pour their uh, energy into uh, 
anyways, I, I love stating the obvious to start out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so did you did you always know that you wanted to to pursue art? You know, did you did you find out in high school that you know printmaking is where it's at? Did you have a lot of access to to things like uh, I don't know fine art or fine art processes, things like that? Yeah, I think um, I think abstractly, like before high school, I knew that I probably liked art more than say some of my other like classmates and, and knew that I wanted to do something like that. Um, I think in high school was definitely high school, middle school. I had a really good middle school art program where I knew that I wanted, I guess more concretely that I wanted to do art as an adult, whatever that meant. And, and definitely in high school was, was where I, discovered printmaking um it was a final project that we had and the art classroom was housed in this basement below the convent at the school that i was at and it's you know a a tangle of pipes and and kind of subterranean basement landscape but we had a final printmaking project and we're carving these linoleum blocks that had probably been housed down there for the past like 50 years. I don't think they ever really reordered them. Um, and part of the the grade for that project was, you know, if you cut yourself, then you fail. And I, and I don't really know if she would actually fail anyone. Um, I think it was more a tactic to, you know, get us to, to be careful more so than anything, but uh, I cut myself and, and I'm <laughs> kind of like trying to be all nonchalant. Of course, knowing me, I probably was very not, and and she probably knew that I cut myself, and so I'm going to the sink and you know, saying that I'm washing off my block, and, <laughs> and I'm freaking out. I was like, oh my god, I've cut myself, and I was like, I'm going to fail art, and you know, <laughs> and all of this, and and it really you know struck me at that point that. You know, even though I did cut myself, it, that was interesting to me in a way that you know, printmaking, um, yeah, it was maybe something a little bit different than than painting and and drawing and like that, and that there was this edge of maybe physical danger in the most minute like sense. Yeah, and and from there, I you know, when I went on to undergrad, I saw printmaking and I I took it and kind of have just ran with it. Um, I like to say that I, I guess I'm drawn more to things that do have that slight edge. You know, I did some welding in grad school and that was kind of exciting because there was that, you know, element, well, I could catch my hair on fire, you know, printmaking has all this acid and etching and like that. Um, it's just, a, it's that physical element that, you know, you might nick yourself or, or like that, that keeps it very physical and tangible, um, mm -hmm. that sometimes I, I don't get with, with painting or drawing, but yeah, that's kind of where my, my printmaking love started in, in the basement after cutting <laughs> my finger. <laughs> well, and so did you, so you started at uh, Spring Hill College. Did you have like a, a particular emphasis right away? I mean, did you kind of come to doing both uh, printmaking and ceramics like as a something that you didn't necessarily anticipate? Because I would imagine all the, the printmaking classes that 
you would have had access to. You probably obviously enjoyed that part of it. How did some of those other classes uh, fill in um, and kind of, I guess, puff up that that interest and that passion for art, I guess? Yeah, so at Spring Hill, um, I think I might have taken printmaking my second semester after some of the prerequisites. Mm -hmm. the second semester um, of my first year there. And, and really I, um, I was just kind of hungry for art. Then I think that's really the only way that I can, you know, explain that. And Spring Hill, it was a really great school, but their studio was limited in some ways. We mainly did um, etching and relief work and, and some monoprinting, but there was a lot of room for um, outside experiences and, and independent studies to, to kind of expand upon that. And, and so that's where a lot of where ceramics and a lot of the multimedia work started to come in. Um, after taking that printmaking class, I was like, well, this, you know, I'm going to do printmaking the rest of the way through. Mm-hmm. And then ceramics actually came in before I was taking classes there, I was working at the the ceramic studio in, in Natchez, where I'm working at now, um, as an intern and assistant to the resident there. So I was I was learning to throw and and work with clay outside of college, and then came back and and took uh, the classes that I needed for that at Spring Hill as well. So. Well, what kind of, um, I guess, things were you interested in making, I guess, as you kind of like left that space? And I guess maybe this will be kind of tangential, but just kind of looking over, you know, your current work or at least some of the, the work that's on your website. I don't know why, but I just imagine you like um, hanging out in like broke down buildings uh, <laughs> and like, I don't know, just just centers of urban uh, areas that have been like uh, abandoned or so i don't know because because again that like level of um multiple media and you know different applications different interactions uh, is always something that that seems there i mean is that something that started an undergraduate or what what did that work look like uh, as you left that that period of time i guess i guess probably i mean it started off with and and it's going to sound you made me sound in theory, so much more hardcore than I actually get really <laughs> nervous entering into, which I do because I uh, I get a lot of you know inspiration from spaces like that, and and also you know trying to sneak into places like that and take slides of work. But I do get very nervous. It's not like some place that I would just nonchalantly like hang out in. Um, but I think for me, what started off maybe this current body of work and and the progression of that work from, you know, just undergrad was uh, a lot of like quilting and sewing with my prints. And mm-hmm. so, like I said, it's very like less hardcore than, than what, <laughs> you know, you originally thought, but, um, I, you know, I started and I sent you a couple of undergrad pieces just for reference. And I didn't send the, even though this one I think is, definitely like a turning point and how I was creating work. It's absolutely, it's one of those pieces that you were like, Oh, this is so awesome. When you, you first make it. And then I was flipping through slides a couple of days ago and I was like, Oh my God, this is, <laughs> this is horrendous. <laughs> but it was, it got me thinking about, you know, combining parts and printing on 
unconditional materials and 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 like that. And it was a jigsaw print. I was dealing with I was working with a lot of wasp imagery and uh I was printing on some found Ralph Lauren sheets and I was talking a lot about Southern identity and uh my undergrad work and, and stitching those pieces together and and quilting them a bit and and it was you know probably the beginning of my junior year when I started doing things like that and and then it just kind of kept leading that I was printing less on paper and figuring out how I could combine ceramics and combine printing on different materials um to make work that was larger and and more related to you know people in in a physical scale way but objects that were maybe more related to memory um and i think that's been kind of a from there a a running stream in, in most of my work well, and I think it's interesting, uh, too, because, you know, you think about something that's like a, I don't know, a painting or something that you kind of, or, you know, maybe something like a, a framed print, you know, is something that you don't really think of as being very tactile, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to go touch it. And so, uh, you know, it seems very connected with that idea of memory then to kind of use, you know, actual materials that, you know, when people kind of see them, um, maybe kind of elicit a memory for them too, mm-hmm. um, and so I think I think that you know makes a lot of sense. Um, and so I guess to kind of uh, track forward a little bit, I mean, so you as you were saying, you were, you kind of continued um, some of these processes into graduate school, and of course uh, you graduated just recently this last year from uh, Southern Illinois University Carbondale. What, what was what was that experience like? Um, did you <laughs> did you I don't know. It's interesting because it's so, in some ways it could be so overwhelming, especially if you go from like a smaller program, like, I I mean, even I did And then going to a program where you've got like, you know, a house or, you know, like a a warehouse (laughs) full of people, you know, it is, it was definitely, you know, I didn't really have any kind of reference for what graduate school would be like. Um, a lot of my peers, at Spring Hill were, you know, either dual emphasis with graphic design or, or art business, and they weren't necessarily going the fine art route. And so I was, I was one of the few in the last couple of years that, that was seriously going on and, and doing graduate or was trying to do graduate school. And so I, you know, I got into a couple of programs and, and I kind of really enjoyed visiting SIU and, and the professors and, and and went there and and it was like you said very overwhelming because I was going from a a college that was you know largely residential it was maybe like three hundred uh, students per you know uh, class level and 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 SIU I guess is not maybe the largest campus, but it was you know, the first week of school. It's like, Oh my mm-hmm. God, all these people. And, was like, <laughs> and and having to kind of navigate, you know, a much larger system and, you know, definitely a much larger studio area. And, and even though it was a little overwhelming at first, it was, it was really exciting. I was like, Oh my God, I've got an entire like floor that's dedicated to printmaking and, and all the the possibilities that go along with that. Yeah, but I didn't really have any any kind of reference of 
of what it would be like. I just knew that I needed to make work and and try to you know try to do the best that I could with that. So it was it was definitely a it was definitely an interesting experience to say the least. I think that's kind of the perfect uh, scenario, really. You know, with no no expectations, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, I think that's you know. They say that, and I even mentioned to you, to you before. You know, you'll hear people just be like, "This is the last time anybody cares about art is in this this building." But it, in a way, it, it almost is kind of like that. You know, there's such an intensity and focus uh, in terms of those explorations. Um, mm-hmm. Did you did you find it like pretty open ended then in terms of the way that you could start approaching work? I would imagine that you, you know, had other processes that you might not have had access to before certainly there's a you know foundry and all all sorts of other stuff Mm -hmm. and i don't know how how much you were into those but was that something that was like just really opening in terms of like the the way that you could kind of experiment in your in your work and just kind of have some time to play yeah no that was that was also one of the reasons why i i kind of ultimately decided on siu because you know looking at the work that other grad students were making there, there was that kind of embrace of multi-material um, in creating work. A couple of the programs that I had looked at were were very obviously like traditional printmaking. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, I don't know if I would fit in with that. While I love making prints on paper, and I still do, it's just not something that is, I think, defining and in my aesthetic and what people think of me at the moment. Um, yeah. And there was, and, and I didn't necessarily get a lot of time doing stuff. That, I took a sculpture class. Um, I was definitely friend wise, uh, friends with the 3d group a lot more than I was maybe with my 2d peers. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was in those, you know, spaces a lot, uh, in sculpture, you know, studios and, and ceramics, a good, bit. even though I didn't do, I, I could never, I wanted to do ceramics, ceramic like things at SIU. I could just never think at the moment how to incorporate that with what I was currently doing, but I did like throw and I, I had a lot of friends there. So I, I was able to, you know, keep up doing some clay work while I was at SIU. But, um, and I think that even though I wasn't necessarily, you know, making like horseshoes or, or you know, metal, big metal things or, or clay that, you know, I was taking, taking that all in and, and also just getting different viewpoints on my work and maybe how to do things, uh, just in a very casual, you know, peer conversation way was so very helpful. And how I think about things is I think a lot of times when we get, you know, new incoming 2d grads, I was like, take a class in this or, or, you know, just be friends with, people outside of your 2d area because there, I think becomes a point where you need something else. Otherwise you're just going to keep making the same sort of things or, or kind of coming to problem solving the same way that you have in a, and that has worked in a, in a kind of thinking of a painting or drawing or printmaking way that you could get to that result in a different way 
by just talking with someone or or making something, you know, making a really terrible revolving sculpture like I did. And, <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was awful, but I, a lot of problem solving that I'm using, you know, and, and work that I'm, you know, conceiving right now is, is coming from that really terrible sculpture that Alex Lopez was so patient with me. On. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any kind of particular artists that you were kind of looking at or exposed to any, anything um, in terms of like art history that was also, I don't know, something that kind of impacted that in any ways, just artists that you were interested in at the time or. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say I, you know, I think closer towards the end, I was maybe looking less at artists as I was, um, writing i i get to a lot of my my work starts thinking about um literary references and and books and and writing so a lot of that starts off kind of in response to media like that but i do i was definitely michelle forsyth is someone that i still look at i had the had an opportunity to work with her um, in Mobile. We have a big contemporary arts center there and was able to help her install work at one point. And, and she deals a lot with memory and, and, and different facets of memory. So she's someone that I kind of continuously look at. And, you know, I, I look, I try not to limit myself to, to thinking about, maybe just printmakers because I am, I, you know, I do printmaking, but it is so maybe past what people, when you say printmaking and then they look at, there's this confusion, but, um, you know, Jeremy Hatch and, uh, Yumi Nam, I, I look at her work a lot. I had a really great studio visit with her when she was a visiting artist at SIU. And I think probably after that, talk was you know she was talking a lot about i was doing prints that were kind of related to things kind of the sculptural pieces that i was you know working with now and and she was really encouraging on on thinking about you know actually creating that space rather than just viewing it so i I think a lot of um you know some of where i am now kind of uh, spawned off of that conversation and i'm curious you know especially to kind of like get into the the process a little bit in terms of some of the the work that you make a lot of it seems kind of very material based but then at the same time you know kind of like what you're just saying is i mean you're also maybe incorporating um printmaking in in different ways into that process could you kind of describe how that process starts i guess i mean do you kind of um i don't know think out ideas and sketchbooks do you you know pick up a particular material and it elicits a memory or what what kind of things set you off in terms of making in the studio yeah i i think i i mentioned a little it it starts a lot with for me um writing if you look at my sketchbooks and and this is not something that maybe a lot of people i think like a few of my my friends that are, we're really close in, in studios and, and knowing about my process, but I, I write 
a ton. And that's a lot of where, you know, the work comes from. Is if you look at my sketchbooks, I probably have more writing in them than, than actual sketches. Um, and, and that comes from, I was an enormous reader growing up. And, and it's just something that's followed through that uh, it's a little bit more liberating to, to think about imagery from, you know, from a page of a book or, or a poem. I think there's a little bit more freedom with, with how I can interpret things or, or even reimagine them. And so a lot of the pieces start off just from, from my own writing and, and just kind of thinking things out, you know, physically through words, thinking about uh, metaphor and, and kind of visual language and how that will then at some point become something a little bit more physical than, than the writing on the page. And there is, you know, you mentioned about seeing material or, or like that. And, and that comes to, I, I spend a lot of time, you know, going through, you know, secondhand stores or, uh, I'm lucky enough in Natchez that there is just this crazy amount of visual architecture all around from things that are very well preserved to, you know, houses and buildings that are coming by the wayside. So there's a lot of texture and influence uh, coming in from just my you know, daily walks or, or daily landscape with that. And then, yeah. And you had mentioned about the printmaking and, and some of the found materials. I've always kind of had a problem with wanting to make everything, which is, you know, a good thing and a bad thing, um, at times. So I do spend a good amount of time creating, you know, wallpapers and textures and, and like that myself, um, or recreations of wallpapers that I've seen. I think that maybe the hand for me, um, creates this kind of disconnect with the memory. And, and so I enjoy that kind of playoff incorporating both my own created wallpapers with, um, maybe more commercial, based wallpapers or, or paints and like that. And I guess just to kind of think about this again in, the, in terms of just the way that some of these kind of might be, I guess, processed, if you will, do you kind of have a number of different pieces that you're working on simultaneously so that you can maybe start from a written standpoint and then, you know, you're adding elements and then coming back to it and then adding more elements and editing that way? I do, yeah. Um, Makes a lot of sense. It does, yeah. So uh, often I'm I'm working in the the number of of pieces might not all be together or be all used together, but I am definitely you know letting those pieces inform each other and and how they. A lot of times I'm thinking you know especially with these drywall kintsugi pieces, you know, thinking that I'm putting these pieces. I've, physically like broken up after I've applied, you know, the wallpaper and silk screen and, and like that. And while I am working on, you know, several compositions at the same time, I'm also thinking, well, if I put these all back together, um, how would that feel? So it, there's a lot of push and, and pull with 
how I set up those compositions, how I set them up before I break them. Um, if I was, you know, in, in theory to put them together, how they would look, you know, recombined if I was, you know, considering a wall back together, what would that entire wall look like? Um, is it like a pretty straightforward process with a piece like um, I'm looking at interior surface tensions, which essentially looks like, um, I don't know, card cardboard that's been kind of like drawn over in terms of text and then cut out in terms of text so that there's this kind of like a uh, ribbing that's kind of like <laughs> left to be revealed. A lot of my prints, I are, are very layered um, and very, you know, you know, small, subtle shifts within them. And I, f I felt like when I was doing a lot of this work that I was maybe losing a little bit of that subtlety that I had in prints. And so the cardboard, those cardboard stacks have been kind of a concession with that, that I can do this really simple, you know, process on them. But I do get that really... Um, great subtle shift and and how the cardboard reads once you take that first layer off in those those cut areas and it reveals the corrugated uh structure of it I, my sister is uh has been my sweatshop attendant uh <laughs> you know with doing some of that for a couple of upcoming things and uh but yeah no it's 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 something that allows me to have you know, abstractly in my mind, this relates back to my prints, even though it really doesn't, but it's just um, an aesthetic quality, I think. Well, and I would imagine, too, just kind of seeing some of the more 3D and kind of physical works, again, like like those those boxes that we were just talking about. You know, there's other pieces that I'm looking at, like uh, Revelation Backgrounds, which, again, kind of maybe describes some of that process where you've got... I'm I'm wondering, again, if you've just got like a stack of like these now kind of like wallpaper silk screen type things that you've made. And then you're, you're just kind of going back in and then, you know, manipulating these other materials, um, essentially having all these things on hand and then figuring out, a, a another purpose for them or a way to integrate them into a new piece. I mean, is that something that I was always kind of in that negotiation too, in, in terms of just, I don't know, trying out some of these other materials and then seeing how they relate to some of these other pieces. Yeah, that's and and it's something that has, I guess, always. Once I started, you know, back in undergrad with the the sewing of of prints and and materials like that, that was a a big draw for me to stay in printmaking was that that idea of the multiple and being able to come up with that material and have just say I was going to like print all day and it'd have all this material that I could, that I could use in any kind of, you know, fashion that I wanted to, if I was going to collage or, or use them to, to wallpaper something or, um, but yeah, no, I do spend a, a good bit of my studio time just prepping and collecting bits of information that, you know, will either, you know, go into, you know, one single piece or, or be spread apart, spread apart, you know, between different suites of work and, and some sort of fashion, whether it might change a little bit or I, I might be printing it on fabric and, and 
you're only going to see a bit of it. But I think that's started with that ease of being able to to make things, and I stuck with it because uh, I liked its reference to to memory that I might be using uh, this print or or this matrix in a piece that I did maybe several years ago, but now it's finding its way back into some sort of texture formation in a current piece. Um, and so they're all, they're all interrelated and in some small way. Um, Is there any uh, super strange material that you <laughs> kind of have tried out um, and, and kind of found a work that you, I guess, would think would surprise us, I guess. I don't know. Uh, any exotic matter? I don't know. Let's see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm still working with it and I haven't yet got it to work how I want it to, to work, but I think I'm close with it. I've picked, I was in Walmart, uh, late one night I was picking something up and then I was walking through the, um, just like the Asian food aisle. And I picked up a pack of those uh, rice paper roll packets. They've got, uh, use them for spring rolls and and like that. And they're, Mm -hmm. they're translucent and there's a slight pattern to them and they're in round stacks. And, and I was like, Oh, this is like really kind of interesting. And then there was an older Asian woman who was asking me if I was going to make spring rolls and, and I probably should have just been like, Oh yeah, no, I am. And then I was like trying to explain what I was thinking. And she was just like nodding her head at me like, okay, (laughs) sorry. I asked you that question, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm constantly looking for materials like that because I think that it, it keeps getting me closer to why I'm making these objects is, is this kind of visual understanding of memory in a, in a very human, um, human way and through the domestic lens. So thinking about how those, uh, materials that we might, you know, pass in in the store or, or throughout, you know, our homes and, and how those can be maybe isolated and, and reconfigured to to be something more meaningful meaningful than they actually are. So that's that's something that I guess probably the the weirdest thing that I've picked up so far. And and are thinking about how I can use that because you can buy like a stack of a hundred for you know pennies and mm-hmm. and it's something that that has a lot of qualities that I'm interested in that kind of uh, transparency and, and pattern and, and multitudes of them. It strikes me that you're, you're kind of like picking materials and it doesn't necessarily matter, you know, your relationship to them, but it's more maybe the emphasis on what they make you think about. Does it make sense so that you might have something that's, you know, super old that you pick up from a junk store, but then you might have, you know, something very, you know, you know, brand new or commercial that you pick up, you know, yesterday and, and also try to incorporate that. So there's something that's very interesting about that. But again, it kind of brings me back to, to your statement and, you know, the way that you were talking about writing earlier, because, 
you know, after kind of looking over the work is when I want up reading the statement. And then I think a lot of the things that you were talking about in terms of memory and space and, and just kind of thinking about those physical objects that I associate with them. I mean, again, those all kind of like come together in terms of that. And so I think, again, it's, it's very interesting to, to think about that. And I guess to maybe bridge it into something that I don't know, could potentially be interesting. What kind of, um, things do you want to elicit? I mean, is that mostly what the kind of things people will talk to you about in terms of, uh, their reaction to some of these works that you're kind of like bringing up these ideas in, in their head, these memories of domestic spaces? Yeah, no, I, it's something that I, I was doing real over the top installations for a little bit and, and I enjoyed them. Um, but I was laying out all the information for the viewer, I think more so than, than the pieces that I'm doing now. And, and what I was really wanting these pieces to, to be was, you know, a trigger for the viewer to, to kind of bring them back to maybe a, um, specific memory for them. Um, and, and that's definitely been a, what I've been happy with is the the viewer's connection back to maybe um, their childhood home or a specific place. Uh, I'm really wanting to kind of isolate just very mundane aspects of, of home and kind of that domestic space and, and see how that relates to people's memory once you've kind of isolated that aspect of it and see how... Um, that provides a trigger into someone's memory. Well, and I like that aspect too of manipulation that you you're not talking about, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, I'm I'm looking at like so I'm looking at some works on paper, um, like replacing space. Mm-hmm. And again, the the materials are very banal, like a you know like a file folder. And again, yet there's kind of like this aged kind of look to it, um, the way that it kind of looks worn. And so it occurs to me that I, I don't know how old this is at all. And yet again, it kind of elicits those kind of um, those instances where you might see something that's that worn. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, there's something that's very interesting to me to, to kind of think about that. I don't know. And again, I'm, of course, kidding with you, uh, not giving us the whole truth on there. But that that's something that's interesting because, again, we can kind of have that feeling you know, looking at something and really it doesn't, doesn't really matter what that context is. It's in some ways just the way that we kind of react to it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And so I guess just to kind of make sure that we are talking about, you know, what you're going to be showing coming up at demo, what, what are you, what are you going to be showing there? Uh, what work specifically are you going to be exhibiting? But it's, it's, it's new work. So it's been really exciting. Um, being out of academic studio outside of, of that kind of world and just, and kind of cranking up some, some new things. Um, I will, I'll have, you know, a a large, uh, card piece. Um, it kind of fits in with a lot, you know, I've been excited about demo because it's, it's a very different space. It's a space that really, uh, speaks to me in a way, you know, thinking about my own memory with, with places and, and different kind of like house-like spaces. I, 
lived in nine or 10 different houses before I was in high school. So I have this very kind of like shifting memory of, of floor plans and, and house elements. And, and that kind of, you know, falls in through my work, kind of piecing those elements together. So I've got cardboard sculpture that I'm, that I have for demo and something that's has been exciting for me and I'm, and I'm kind of waiting to see it up in the space, but printing wallpaper and bringing in some commercial wallpapers as well and kind of patchwork, stitching them back together. And, and so kind of piecing back, maybe kind of background information of a house that I may or may not have been to before that you're trying to put these memories and trying to remember maybe what that place looked like at a specific time. So I've been thinking a lot about a lot of Japanese repair situations for me are really interesting when I think about memory, how that even though an item might be broken or or ripped that, you know, after that, it still needs to be repaired in some sort of way that it can be beautiful still when it's repaired. And so I think about for me a lot, when I have those sort of fractured memories, still trying to recombine them so I can create a whole again. So with the, the large majority of the, the work is, is that kind of re-stitched together wallpapers, uh, kind of combining some weaving techniques and some darning techniques and some actual like piecework. I do a lot of quilt work, so that's starting to find its way back into uh this work currently and then some prints as well that kind of relate back to um those reclaimed spaces pieces um that kind of reference uh corners and 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 spaces in that you know file folder and just very simple materials so it's for me it's I've got I've got all this material I'm just kind of waiting to see it see how it reacts in the space. It's um it's very exciting and then it's always a little uh terrifying coming into a space that you've never been to and and so much of it's responsive to that space and kind of reconfiguring and tailoring it to that to that space to you know to provide the skin for it. Sure, and, and and certainly quite a bit different than just coming in and hanging things up. Exactly, or, yeah. You know, just putting something <laughs> in a spot. I mean, again, it kind of kind of needs that response, you know. And I think again, with your work, it makes so much sense to kind of think about it like that. Um, and again, even though I'll, I'll probably make sure to put other reminders in here, but you know. Obviously, people should be checking out uh, grantbenoit.com and, you know, looking at some of these pieces. But again, just kind of seeing some of the recent works that you've been doing um, from the Reclaiming Space uh, kind of series. Again, it'll be exciting to see what that transitions into and and especially in that space. Um, So it'll be it'll be very exciting. And so when is the opening? And, And again, what is the exhibition title just to just entice people so that people can come out and you know, buy you a drink or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so the title is Were We Even Here? And it opens uh, January 15th. Springfield, I've never been to Springfield before. So it's, you know, a dual like excitement, you know, setting up my work and then also being able to to visit someplace new. 
Sure, sure. Well, again, I, I hope a lot of people come out for that. And again, I know that um, another project that we talked about a little bit earlier that you'll be starting uh, this February is uh, Ghost Cat Studios. So what what's that all about? Is it essentially like a... What are you producing? Wallpaper now? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all sorts of things. It, you know, it's something that I've wanted to do for a while. And, and now that I, I'm back in Natchez and, and I have maybe a little bit, I, I don't want to say more time. I have less of a social life. And so like more time in that sense that they've kind of replaced that. I, I've always been interested in in making objects and and like that and so that kind of craft element um has always been of interest to me so i right now i've i've been working at a community studio in natchez uh natchez pottery and i've been working you know trying to dial in a um you know ceramic uh line of things that for me i i the objects are are so, are so abstractly related to what i'm making i guess you know fine art wise studio that it just made sense for me to create these objects that people could use um and then in a way kind of continue that conversation about how memory will continue to be used in, in that way as, as objects are used and, and as they, they age and, and like that. So currently I've, I've actually got a kiln load of fun things going right now. And I'm working on wallpaper, some silkscreen wallpaper, um, and some textile work. I, I enjoy, you know, creating surface and patterns. And so it's something right now that is, that I'm opening myself up to a different community of artists and a different uh, kind of connection that I can make in the area. There's a, a large craft-based community um, in this part of Mississippi and, and, the, and the state. And, and so I'm starting to try and make those connections and see how I can collaborate with, with maybe artists that I, that I may not have collaborated or, or worked with before moving here so it's a it's a different it's a different vocabulary for me it's a different kind of of setting and and how i am doing things and and marketing to to different kind of places um but it's something that's exciting and i and it's something that i'll uh, i can see we were talking earlier about you know teaching and kind of career things and and it just feels very natural right now to to maybe start creating the bones of of what might be a a, you know a long-term studio that i can collaborate with people and and continue to make work that may not be something that i'm marketing to galleries or or like that but um but definitely kind of this dual you know, ghost, uh, you know, ghost image of, of, of a print, but so it's, you know, something like what I'm, what I'm making in that sense, but it definitely has its own characteristics. It'll be interesting to see the way that uh, everything kind of evolves, you know, certainly with, uh, you know, opportunities to exhibit and then also to kind of, you know, 
try out other things uh, through Ghost Cat and especially through collaboration, I think is certainly something that has so many different possibilities in terms of how it might affect the way that you, I don't know, go forward. And that's, I think, always good because it's hard to kind of do that sometimes. Like you were talking about before, we kind of get into uh, places where we get stuck talking to the same people and the same way of looking at something. And it's kind of nice to break free of all that. So it is good place to set yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's so much about communication, and and I, I think when and this experience too is is definitely you know widening that aspect of my studio practice. You, you find yourself so much um, just making things, and and you're doing things um, in a very singular fashion, and and when especially you know with this, um, kind of studio endeavor, uh, it, it does, I, I have to actually, you know, go out and, and talk to people and, and, you know, discuss like how, you know, how this weaver might be, how we might be able to work together in a way that she, you know, has never before. And I haven't before, but how can we, you know, create something together that kind of both represents us as artists or if we're going to, you know, be something completely different. Yeah. It's, it's just been a very, it's been a different, a different kind of problem solving exercise. I like to think about a lot of what I do and, and art is just problem solving exercises. Awesome. Um, and I, I guess uh, since we are kind of close to exiting, is there anything that you wanted to remind people about? Uh, any websites or if you're, you know, periscoping uh, from the studio and you want people to know about it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I've never actually, that's something that I keep meaning to, to try, <laughs> but I'm, I'm really kind of a Luddite when it comes to <laughs> technology. It took me a minute to figure out how to add you on Skype because it's been a while <laughs> to, to Skype someone. Um, I do actually have um, another solo show in mobile that's going to be opening february 18th and it runs through march 11th um at spring hill college in the eichel gallery and that is also some new work and some current work a lot of work from the reclaimed spaces pieces um so it's another exciting and and busy time of the year right now but um that's happening down in mobile Busy is a great thing, right? It is, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, again, so thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me. And again, I, I hope everybody checks out uh, your work and, of course, comes out to demo to, to meet you in person, to see the work in person. So, Well, thank you for having me on. This has been a really, it's been a very different, but a very, um, you know, great experience being, you know, pulled up for for this opportunity and and you know skyping and interviewing that's kind of cool too so thanks once again to grant for joining us and please check out his website grantbenoit.com you'll also want to come out for the opening this friday january 15th at demo project in springfield again the opening is 6 to 8 30 and the show entitled were we even here 
Also, don't forget that Grant has another solo exhibition opening in Mobile, Alabama. That's February 18th through March 11th, and it opens at Spring Hill College in the Eichel Gallery. So check that out as well. And go to grantbenoit.com to stay up to date with what's going on with his exhibitions and his work. And it goes without saying to check out studiobreak.com for more interviews. Again, there's a big archive that you can check out. All of our posts have images as well as these interviews. We do want to suggest that you go and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. It's a great way to stay up to date. And, of course, if you like this podcast, please leave us some comments and some feedback there. Again, it helps uh, get more listeners and, of course, spreads the word. So please do that. You can also do that by liking our Facebook page and sharing sharing uh, our posts there. Again, we do provide updates of new guests as well as other opportunities and announcements, so please like our page there. You can follow our Tumblr account at studio-break.tumblr, and of course you can always send us your tweets, cool art, and all sorts of stuff at Studio Break. And if anyone's wondering about our 2016 competition, it'll be coming up in May, so please uh, just keep your ears uh, perked and attentive i guess as always thanks to skylar mail for providing the music to studio break you can check out his artwork his paintings his music and all sorts of good stuff at skylarmail.com if you'd like to see what i do you can visit davidlinway.com and again there's a bunch of paintings and other things up there for your interest with that out of the way that is our show for the week hope you enjoyed it we'll talk to you real soon